0: People, 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 good morning, good morning, good morning. You already know who it is, Arsenio Buckman reporting live from Bangkok. Guys, welcome back as always to the Arsenio Buck Show, and I am so happy to be you know what's I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Um remember I used to tell you I'm always looking out my window, and it'd be just basically people walking. Well, at my new condo, I have a hell of a view. So I was literally just looking out my window right now and I saw a bunch of people in green shirts. And this is what I love so much about Thailand or Bangkok in general. There's literally about about three to five races every weekend, whereas you could sign up for a 5K, a 10K, half marathon, full marathon, whatever. So here I am looking at a bunch of people run in green shirts, and I'm like, damn, man, I didn't even know there was a competition like that around. So I actually, luckily, fortunately enough, I have a student this morning who, uh, Basically, um, he, he's going to tell me, you know, the website and whatnot where I can sign up for these races. But I just saw a whole bunch of people, like, marching with these Thai flags. And I see cops and ambulance everywhere, uh, people circling around, around about, uh, just right outside. So I do need to take a picture of that, as a matter of fact, because this is so cool. Anyways, man, I'm just so grateful to be here, man. I actually am finally settling in, guys, in terms of my mind. The first day it was a little bit difficult, but now I'm back uh, God, and it's just so, it's such a remarkable feeling. You know what, the first night I actually slept, I know, I'm going off track, I need to be talking about the sexual mask, but I want to shine some light because we got a day before Christmas, man! Oh my God, and I got my energy back, oh, I got a full night's rest. So the first night I was here, I heard some stuff, I heard, doom, do, do, doom, do, doom, Now, for those of you who are listening all around Thailand, Bangkok, that's that excuse my language, that's that bullshit-ass Sancha. Excuse me. Now, okay, you know, you got your mariachi, you got your salsa. I love salsa because my mom is from Puerto Rico. And, you know, you got a lot of different music, but I don't understand the beat behind this, and I don't understand blaring it to the point of no return. Like, I'm trying to sleep. I'm not trying to listen to that BS. So when I came home last night, I like itched in, you know, I was like inching into my, you know, my condo, and I was like, and I put my ear in, I was like, can I hear it? And I was looking around, I was like, I don't hear anything interesting. And I was talking about my students, who I'm going to give a wonderful shout out to right now. Uh, I was talking to them about it in class yesterday. They were like, maybe it's a train. And this guy started searching all the his iPad. He's like, it's a train. I'm like, no, I know the difference between doom, 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 doom. That ain't no damn train. Okay. Train tracks is like, no, 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 no. So I'm like, dude, hopefully this was just a one time thing. And apparently, well, I guess one out of two nights it was. And this happens almost everywhere I live around the world for the last 10 years. First couple of days of living somewhere, there are people playing extremely loud music and I cannot go to sleep. So it's extremely annoying. But man, huge shout out to my students. If you guys haven't checked my Instagram, you should. Um, I cannot believe he put together such a beautiful collage and the best part about this is at my desk, I officially have a desk now where I can do my podcasts and stuff uh, versus the other one, which was just a table of hell. Um, I'm, I just look at it every morning and it just makes me smile. And it's a little like it's like on a you just on a regular sheet of paper. But he put it, man, he photoshopped the hell out of so many things. He put a couple of things of me being in the Maldives, me doing a Spartan race in Chonbury, uh, me being at the gym. Uh, and he got five. Of my students who I taught recently. Uh, One's going to be a dentist soon. Another one is a gorgeous girl that works for a big company. Of course, him, he's going to be going to America on a visa really soon. Uh, Another one, she is in Australia. One of her sisters actually go to school in Australia. And they wrote all these little snippets talking about, I'm so proud to be your teacher. I had a really good time studying with you. Thank you for the experience, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people are saying, oh, AJ, we we hear that you're leaving. And two of them don't study with me anymore. They've actually stopped. One stopped a little bit a while back, but one just stopped on the last course. She's going to switch to business and whatnot. But man, oh man, this is just a beautiful thing to see every morning. And it just puts such a big smile on my face. So this is my little collage. I'm hoping to have a lot of these. So of course, you know, if I would have, if I had gone to, of course, you know, basically the people um, at my job and show them, look, they actually do appreciate me. They still wouldn't give a damn, but I was like, you know what? No, this is for me. No one else needs to see this. So of course I put it on Instagram just to be at a, you know, basically at an escape to just say, you know what? I'm just so grateful for this. And uh, it's Christmas Eve. This has been one of the best, you know, honestly, this is the best, this is the best December I've ever had in my life because of the events that have unfolded. The projects, so many different places, wanting my services, and. So many great people I've been meeting and all these, oh my God, just taking time out for me, enjoying the fun and hobbies, and just being able to say, look back and say, oh man, what a remarkable run. And they made this collage because they found out that I was leaving, although it's not extremely soon. It is, you know, from the 30-day period when I put in the notice, which should hopefully be next week. But it's been a ride. It's been a ride. It's been wonderful, and I'm so grateful for them. So thank you so much to my students. Special, special shout out to all of you. And oh, with that being said, guys, I don't want to. I don't want to be a Debbie Downey. This is like a podcast of love, man. We got Christmas morning coming up tomorrow. My will of life coming up tomorrow morning. OK, I don't know what the hell happened. OK, so, uh, man, we got a lot of great things going. I don't want to just be, oh, my God, it sucks that I'm going into the sexual mass part, too, uh, because it was just like five minutes of pure grace. And now it's like, OK, we're going to be reverting back to this stuff. Ha-ha! So here we go. Th- these, are, I'm going to make this funny, though. I'm going to make this super funny. So there was a, a there's a transformational coach by the name of Chris Lee. And he said on Lewis Ho's podcast once he said, every boy in America learns by the time they're in junior high school. To associate masculinity with issues of sexual conquest. What's it mean to be a man? It means you could bring some girl alongside of yourself and then use her. Use her to either gratify some kind of physical need or use her to validate some kind of masculine insecurity. That certainly does That make you a man. It makes you a user of other human beings. So... Of course, you know, we we were around this adolescence age. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I've seen crazy things here in Thailand. People are very, very open about it. I don't remember it being this open back when I was in, like, the 6th grade, the 7th grade, the 8th grade. But I started discovering myself. Like, Louis Holes, he was talking about, you know, he would just he, – he, he had an uncontrollable erection. It was so funny. He's like, man, I kind of just, you know, walked around with my book over my thing and my shirt untucked at a private school so people didn't see – you know, his, his, uh, his more whatever wood you want to call it, you know, uh, I call myself Pinewood, uh, Cherry Oak, uh, Black Oak, uh, so Lewis, he told him, he, he said that story, and guys, I'm gonna give you a nice insight into my stories, because it's so funny, um, honestly, I think the first time I started seeing something was around 1999, 2000, I started feeling – I wouldn't say I started feeling things with my body, but there were just – I remember my brother was watching something on a pay-per-view channel because my mom had like a hot box. Now, a hot box, back in the day, you get free pay-per-view channels, and it was like illegal, but of course, whatever. Uh, that was like 17, 18 years ago. It was so funny. But I remember one time I, was, I came downstairs from playing Need for Speed High Stakes on the PlayStation 1, and my brother was watching something, and I saw this girl, and I heard noises from this girl. And it was a movie, though it was a movie. But there was a particular scene, sex scene, for the lack of a better term, in that movie. And she's like, "Oh, ah," and I remember her writing. <laughs> writing. I remember her riding this guy, and I'm like, "What is she doing to him?" Like, I was so naive. I didn't know what was going on. I, I was like, "Whoop! Well, I, I don't know what this is." And I remember next, you know, seeing magazines in the park, just over the other side of the wall. We call it the wall, right out, right outside the back part of our home. And it was like a, a really old park. Um, and I remember sitting at the park one morning and I remember seeing these magazines. And I opened up the magazine because it was it was so weird. You know, there were magazines back in the days, 1999, 2000. There was no there was barely any Internet. Hell, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have anything, you know. And I remember opening up the magazine to seeing this girl. And I'm like, what is she doing? What is that? What is that little black thing? And I'm like, okay, this is very odd. And I'm like, what is, I've never seen that before in a woman. I was so naive. And of course, we all go through this phase in life. To whereas, my mom never really sat me down. My father figured he left a long time ago. He didn't sit us down and say, listen, son, you have this, she has that. You can't do this, you can't do that. He never did that, okay? Now, of course, I did have health class, but that was already too late. That came 2002. I needed some guidance like between 1999 and 2001. Luckily, I didn't do anything stupid or anything bad. But when you hit that stage, you start experiencing things with your life, right? So this is what basically Chris Lee was talking about. Um, it was pretty funny. I mean, we've all gone through that. And of course, Neil Strauss, he, of, who I mentioned on the podcast before this, He went on to quote, he says, so what happens is you go through puberty at age 13. Hell, I felt like I went through it at age 11. And he said "The next for the next eight years, in his case, there's, or that thing happened that can make him a man, okay? But you don't own it or you don't possess it. Someone else either has to give it to you or share it with you. And the longer you don't get it, the less of a man you feel like. And he said he remembered his friend who was like his only friend in school, they basically would hang out together, the two of them and call themselves the V Club. The V Club is basically the Virgin Club, okay? The whole experience created this incredible gulf between them, okay? Both him and women and his manhood, whatever you want to call it, and it built up this huge desire. Now, did I see that? No. When I saw women, I was like, oh my god, she's beautiful. I never cheated women as an object because my mom would beat the hell out of me. Um, I never cussed until probably high school. Uh, I didn't have a foul mouth until high school and whatnot. I was a very, very innocent boy. But going through that stage with women and whatnot, I mean, I did. I'm going to be honest. Like back in 2002, I remember going to the Adventure Dome in Las Vegas. And I remember that was the first time I came across Asian women. And there was that infatuation, of course, until 15 years later. Um, I was like, Wow she looks interested. Where is she from? And, and <laughs> Because I went to a school where there were just Mexicans, African-Americans, and some Anglos. There were no types of Asians. So, oh my God, it was so funny. Um, and of course, when I went into high school, there were a bunch of Asians. And I'm like, oh my God, they are so beautiful. And of course, a lot of them were Filipino. Um, you have some people from like heritage, like from Guam or China, Korea, stuff like that. But the predominant the, yeah, the good, the good amount of them were um, was it Asian. I remember I, I was really heartbroken. I'm going to tell you guys this story too uh, because, you know, this is, a, this is a day of funny stories. But now I'm just going to throw some stuff in there. And, of course, you guys could check the blog out for my writing. Um, but there was a girl, you know, freshman year of high school, and I think she was, like, Korean-American. This was so messed up. I told one of my friends. I was like, Oh, I really like her. She's beautiful. He went over there. He said, hey, you see that guy over there? He really likes you. She said, oh, I'm sorry. I don't like Negroes. Can you believe that? <laughs> hey, can you believe that? She said, we don't like Negroes. And I'm like, I didn't really know what a Negro was back then. But for you to call an African-American or anyone of color a Negro, that's highly offensive. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I remember just walking around and just completely blowing her off for a while. The next thing you know, she just so happened to be in my junior, uh, my junior class of uh, English, my English class. And I remember I had a friend named Daniel. I don't know where he was from, but I would talk to Daniel, and she was in there. And I'm like, "Fuck you!" And I don't think she remembered me. But then she tried being my friend. She's like, "Oh, hello, how you doing?" And, and at that given moment, I would be like, "You know what? Two years ago, my friend approached you, and you say you don't like Negroes. That's highly offensive. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You know what I mean?" But I didn't do that. Um, she was beautiful. I don't know what ended what ended up happening, but total just a total bummer. Can you be, can you believe that at such a young age, 14 years old? Being told someone doesn't like you because you're a Negro. What the hell is going on? Welcome to America. (laughs) Anyways, guys, I don't know if you guys been through that, but I thought that was a funny story, too. So um, anyways, and then if we go into the college realm, that's when things really started escalating because you're staying in the dormitories with other people. And I'm not going to get into details. But, of course, I still I was still a V-boy, and I remained to be a V-boy for the next year. Um, you, you know, it, it's it's funny because going back to those college days, we would always say, hey, can I come over and cuddle? And I don't even know what that meant. But, of course, this is more than 10 years ago. It, it was just so funny. And I remember I had this particular girl. Her name was Shayla. I'm turning this hair on because I'm going to go get my workout in after this. Um, I remember this girl named Shayla, right? And I just finished watching Saw 3. That came out, of course, I think it was October 2006. And I went back to my dormitory after watching it with my guy, Money Mike Long. I call him Money Mike. Money Mike Long. But I don't know where he is now. I think he's from Pensacola, Florida. Whatever. Um, And I was like, man, I'm so scared. Can I come cuddle with you? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so these guys, I went over there probably about 11 p.m., these guys cockblocked all the way until three p.m. This guy named Derek and this other guy named Renee. It was the worst. It was the worst night ever. Then finally they left after I was trying to cuddle, and yeah, some things escalated. Nothing, you know, it's just you know a couple kisses. Uh, but oh my god, and this is what happens like when people take that fraternity and sorority route. Luckily, I was never in that. But there was an article published by these two universities. I think it was the University of New Mexico. Lewis Host put it in his book, and he said that. The authors of that particular article, they recognized college-age men, especially in fraternities. The ones who failed to meet the stereotypical definitions of masculinity. You know, the men, kind of like Neil. Uh, they were more likely to turn to more negative forms of male socialization in order to play catch-up in the male world. <clears throat> so that basically meant binge drinking, fighting, casual sex with lots of partners. This is basically the focal point of sororities and fraternities. I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, I'm putting everyone who's listening to this in America out there on blast. This is what I wholeheartedly believe about fraternities and sororities because if I even try saying hello to a girl from the sorority, she'll say, "Ugh, don't talk to me. Ew, I already have friends that happened to my brother that happened to so many people who I was in college with and whatnot because these fraternities and sororities, they feel like they are immortal beings, like they are the highest form of creation and so when you're in these frats they make you do sick things i mean i don't even want to get into it but of course there was a big thing that happened six years ago where an african-american at a hsbc historically black college he was killed from hazing but of course this is a marching band but also when it comes to hazing they also have that problem here in thailand there's a university called Raja Mangala, and if you guys go on YouTube and put Raja Mangala hazing, h a z i n g, you're going to see that, and it's a big sex thing. So you have, i am not even going to get into that, but yeah, it, no, there's no sex involved in the video. But you're going to see the, the the type of rituals that they go through. This is what men do. Apparently, men. Listen, I think my, but I'm not even going to call them out. He goes to Harvard. Uh, But (laughs) my best friend, I think he had a hot dog stuck up his butt to join a fraternity in America. You have to have a hot dog stuck up your butt. So there it is. You know, I mean, whatever. So listen, the problem with this is besides the obvious risk. Of disease and enraged exes and, you know, of the disease obviously exchanging. You know, if you have a bunch of sexual partners, you're more prone to get STDs, right? But you know what? If you don't get past this phase, you end up feeling just empty. Or worse, you get stuck in that vicious cycle and you can never get out. And so... I mean, the last little bit that I'm going to give you guys in terms of a quote and whatnot, luckily this did turn into a little bit of a funny podcast, um, is that sexual mask Neil wrote in the very last paragraph of this little phase of part two. He said, quote, what I thought was freedom really wasn't freedom. The freedom was in the commitments. But if you think about it, okay, I'm going to be single or unattached, or I'm just going to be able to do whatever I want. It's like a bird that's not able to land. It gets exhausting. And going through the processes by which I, of course, I'm talking through the quote, by which I was actually able to kind of get rid of my baggage and be intimate in a relationship and not feel trapped, just opened up everything. So that is basically the end of my blog. I wrote a couple of stories in there, and then I just went off those stories and told my different stories and whatnot. But there it is, guys. Um, these phases we all go through these, but in college, it's kind. of Man, I'm telling you, I had a friend named Terrell. This guy would, he would tell me all kinds of stories. He would literally treat women like objects. But I, to that date, still hadn't even, you know, kissed a woman. Well, I kind of did. Well, yeah, but um, but nothing like in terms of a sexual intercourse, you know. But see, man, there was one girl on the softball team. They called her the college W-H-O-R-E. It's kind of bad. Um, she slept with the entire baseball team. And apparently there were sex parties and orgies. I mean, li- like this, women go through this phase too, guys. I'm not just calling out all the men, okay? I know this is the mask of masculinity, but we're going to call this the mask of femininity too. Because women go through these phases and you know what? If you're young and you just want to do that and you have to hey, listen, that's just, that's just part of it, right? I see things that happen out here in Thailand I see people look at me down there all the time, um, and they're way below the age. They should even be looking at me down there. And I'm just like, man, but they don't even have sexual education classes to edu- educate these people out here, which is really, really sad because next thing you know, you get these girls having babies between the ages of 12 and 17, and then they dump them off at the goddamn temple and have the monks take care of them. This is just the bizarre thing. You know what I mean? So – I went everywhere on this podcast, talked about gratuity, talked about some funny stories, talked about what I've witnessed, talked about some more stories, took out some quotes, and uh, not too bad, not too bad, but I will be getting back into this, what is it, the day before New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve, unless you guys want me to get into it immediately. Now, if you guys say, hey, man, I would really like you to finish this off, hey, by all means, message me, email me, tell me, okay? But other than that, guys, we got big things happening. We got another podcast in terms of another funny Christmas story coming up tonight. Tomorrow morning is a live podcast of The Wheel of Life on Christmas morning. Um, There's probably going to be another podcast at night because I'm going to be enjoying – a glass of wine while uh, writing my book at a piano bar in the heart of Bangkok, just relaxing and just being grateful. I just need to have some time by myself and whatnot. So we got a lot of different podcasts, a lot of different projects, a lot of different things happening. I got my graphic designer working on my new website. I'm going to be putting courses together, guys. We got so many beautiful things happening. So please stay tuned for that. Shout out to the Koreans who are listening to me right now in terms of my educational stuff. Uh, thank you so much, and for anyone who's listening around the world, man, if you guys like this, and you guys want me to address something, Q&As, baby, Q&As. So as a matter of fact, I might have to do a Q&A later. So, with that being said, people, have a wonderful morning afternoon and This is your host, Senio, over and out.